Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And we are off and running, everybody. A happy Tuesday morning to you, November the 3rd. Happy Election Day, if that's part of your daily plans. I know for many of us, we took care of the actual voting part days, weeks, or even months. Could it be? I think some places started voting uh, a month ago or more. I think it was uh, weeks for us here in the Bespris household. Uh, maybe you guys are heading down to the polls. Please be careful. Please do take precautions. We remain in a pandemic. Be safe. Be heard. And uh, then do what you got to do the rest of the day. Personally, I will be doom scrolling heavily today just to make sure that, you know, anything catastrophic that happens i will be one of the first people to know it i don't know why that's so important but that's human nature and that's the way it's going to be this is fantasy nba today i am your host uh at dan Bespers on twitter if you'd like to give me a follow uh based on the fact that i got the and it's sort of like an inaugural thing yesterday was the first fantasy basketball twitter question of this i don't know what you kind of call it time frame and it was really exciting. Frankly, my brain needs a break from all the other things going on in the universe. So it was kind of, it was really nice. So uh, thank you to KSK315. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Getting a fantasy question out into the universe. If you have others, please hit me with them. You can hit me with them today. I'll be happy to do some fantasy deep dives on Twitter just so that we have something else to look at today. Listen, I'm not going to distract anybody. It's not going to work, but we can try, damn it. There's like there's literally nothing you can do uh once you've ca- you know, I I guess you could make some phone calls if you want. You can phone bank a little bit today, but uh, on the whole, like once you cast your vote, if you've done whatever you've done, you've done your research, you've talked to your friends, then it's just a waiting game. I think that this is a little bit different. Remember we did a show or, I mean, we do shows every day. We do Monday through Friday, regardless of the circumstances. But we were doing shows during the pretty intense uh, societal unrest that was happening in late May and early June. And there were days where I was like, look, I don't think we should really talk about fantasy today. We'll, you know, we'll tap it for a little bit and then get out of the way. Because to me, it felt like there were things we should be doing with our time that were enriching. There isn't really anything that we should be doing right now to enrich ourselves. If you're watching coverage in the morning of Election Day stuff, you're just going to be stressed out by the afternoon. No one's going to tell you anything until at least 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when the first 
like medium size or large state closes their polls. And even then you won't know that much immediately thereafter. They'll have some stuff to report, but everything will be trickling in after that point. So um, with that in mind, if you got fantasy questions, nail me with them on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Let's talk about some basketball stuff. Let's distract ourselves on a weird day, regardless of what your hopeful outcome is on today's stuff and i'm thinking that most of you guys listening are are probably leaning in the same direction but we're not going to get into that on the show uh no matter who you're voting for today obviously i have a preference who you'd be voting for but i'll be happy to answer your fantasy questions so uh hit me with them let's let's distract ourselves let's talk some hoops especially with you know the uh you know there are a couple of rumors bouncing around no real news yet uh, the Bucks and the Nets apparently have asked the Spurs about DeMar DeRozan. I'm sure they're not the only ones. He's a guy, along with LaMarcus Aldridge, that the Spurs would love to move. It's part of why we on this show have already talked about the excitement in fantasy, the upside potentially of some of those young Spurs players who will likely step into bigger roles at some point along the way. Apparently, the Bucks are also interested in Victor Oladipo. They're exploring a lot of things instead of changing their head coach. <laughs> I say. They could solve this problem without a wild trade that's going to hamstring the organization for a half decade. But what the hell do I know? Other thing that I thought kind of slipped under the radar today is uh, that the King's ownership was doing an interview. Just I don't know what the, the context was. Uh... But I believe the closing remarks were that they expected the season would likely start in late December. So the owners seem to think that this this soon uh, thing is happening. I still think that maybe there's a, an in-between. I don't think they're going to push it back as far as MLK Day. That's too far. They're not going to be able to get the revenue they need. Uh, but they could potentially ram in a 72-game season starting 9 or 10 days later than December the 22nd. Yes, you lose your Christmas games, which is a kick in the nards financially, but at least you can get your 72-game regional sports network revenue in, and so uh, we'll see about that, I suppose. So, you know, that's a possibility. I, I do, personally, I do still think December 22nd is happening. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Just kind of trying to read the tea leaves here, and from a leverage standpoint, the players' leverage is minimal. They are not all on the same page in this. Not everybody wants to start later. The players that played deeper into the bubble want to start later, understandably so, but that's not that many of them. As we said before, the ones that have this thing are powerful, but it ain't all of them. Meanwhile, on the other side pretty unified front and some and plenty of players that are on that side as well. I just I think the minority here is going to get overwhelmed. The handful of teams that don't want to start early are going to get sort of rolled over by the larger number of teams that do want to get going for the revenue and all of the owners. Not a single owner wants to start late cuz you know, there's no fear of bodily harm from them what walking into a uh stadium suite and watching their team play four weeks earlier 
Anywho, I uh, thought that was kind of interesting. Wanted to throw that out there in this one. Uh, I will, however, keep today's podcast a, a little bit more brief. I know we've been going in more in that uh, 40 to 50 range lately here as we start to you know, rev up a little bit and actually sniff some actual fantasy discussions. But I think I'd like to keep today's show more in the 25 to 30 minute range um, just because it is uh, an important day. And it's not as though you need to get away from the podcast and go uh, watch the TV. I want you guys all voting. Do it. It's important. I don't care what state you're in. There are uh, there are going to be you know judgeships and election boards and all that kind of stuff. These are the things we need to be learning more about. I, I took some time this year, and, and I admit I haven't really done that before to figure out what some of these lower-level things mean. And so wherever you are, uh, dive in a little bit. If you haven't voted already, please do so today. I'm going to end the podcast five to ten minutes earlier, and I want you guys to use that time to go make your voting plan, which hopefully you guys have already done, but in the off chance you have not, this would be your opportunity. Shout out, as always, to our buddies at mybookie.ag. I got so close to running on a blackjack heater in yesterday's contest, and I'm getting in there every single damn day, uh, try my hand at it, because, again, you know, I've got a couple of minutes I'm going to make the world's I'm going to make the maximum bet I can with the you know the fun money and if I get enough points in the fun money then I can actually get into the leaderboard for real cash. So do it with me. Do it with me. Make no mistake by the way, we're going to keep a close watch on everything going on over there if they have any of their giant promos we will let you know about those. You can bet on election outcome if you want right now. Uh, Biden is at minus 170. Trump is at plus 130. That's moved quite a bit, actually, over the last month or so. Um, since I think it, it was uh, Biden was it was even money at that point. So it's it's shifted quite a bit in favor of the Democratic candidate. Now, there's also um, other prop bets on the election. Should you want to get involved in that? Who will win the popular vote? Um, what day? Will someone concede? Good God, God help you if you're going to try to wager on that one. And then they have individual states. You can bet on uh, who's going to win each state in the election. So, you know, look for something interesting and and maybe get down on that. One of the things I thought was kind of notable when I checked in on this about a month ago was that the states didn't accurately parallel the uh, the actual full-on race. So at that point, Biden was actually, a, it was a pick and and Trump was a very slight favorite, but Biden was actually the favorite in some states that looked more like toss-ups. So it w- there was a disconnect there, and you could almost, it wasn't quite enough to create a middling opportunity, especially now that we have a little more information on, you know, kind of w- which state it looks like is going to decide these things. But there are some, there are some little opportunities blended in and I would I would encourage you all to keep an eye on them. So you could wager on every state if you wanted to. Um, there are Senate races you can wager on if you feel so inclined. So, and then of course you can also do the uh, the blackjack thing, which I think is great. I mean I love the fact there's a free contest you can win win real money in. If you're going to sign up over at my bookie today, make sure to use the promo code Hoopball. Sign up today, promo code HOOPBALL. You can unlock a 100% deposit match bonus with, again, I mean, if you're going to roll over, if you're going to wager for a while, it's a great thing to do. If you're going to, if you're planning on moving your money around quickly, uh, you can 
you can forego the bonus, but please do continue to use the promo code. At least let them know who sent you. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Promo code is HOOPBALL. All right, so we got the NBA news in at the front of the show. We've got our MyBookie shout-out here uh, just after the front end of the show. It's time to talk a little mock draft results. And we got as far as pick number 50 on yesterday's show, which, by the way, was my pick. So that was a good time, I thought, to put a little bit of a pin in things. It's an eight-category industry mock. Started way too early. Started actually before all of this December 22nd news started to pop up. Although now we're into a part of our mock draft that actually was taking place when people knew about the possibility of a December 22nd start. Unfortunately, it was sort of too late to matter at this point because guys like LeBron, AD, Jimmy Butler, the guys that you know would be missing time in such a scenario, Kawhi, those guys were all off the board already, so it didn't really help us. Regardless, pick number 51 in this draft was Clint Capella, which to me, I mean, if I didn't go the route I did with the expectation that Devontae Graham uh, takes a step forward in his shooting, then Capella would have been a very easy choice to make. I know, I know he's not as great in eight category is nine. He's 1.6 turnovers a game last year. It dropped him from top 25 to top 40, but he was still number 37 before he went down with injury, and he's sliding into a marvelous spot in Atlanta, a team that desperately needed a center presence, and if he can stay healthy, he will have a juicy fantasy season. I love him in nine category, and I like him in eight, and getting him in the 50s in this one is a steal. De'Aaron Fox went at 52. Um, That one's, yeah, I mean, I got no problem with that one. He was ramping up towards the end of the season. In eight-category leagues, he should blow 52 out of the water. He was 59 in eight-cat this year after a really rough start. He was much better than that over the final month, month and a half. I think he was actually top 20 in eight-cat over that stretch. And so, again, you know, I know he missed some time this year, but I don't. it's not something that I'm particularly concerned about. I love that they have Alvin Gentry now running their offense in Sacramento. He's a great at eight category pick. Terrific one. Nice grab here for Adam King. Draymond Green went at pick 53, which again, this is a bank on a Warriors bounce back year. Dre was number 78 in eight category leagues. Turnovers actually weren't even that high this season. He just wasn't engaged because once Steph went down, there was nothing to play for. And he was healthy enough, but they let him sit a lot. And so the question now this coming year is, how locked in is Draymond Green? I think the answer is relatively locked in. They've got all the pieces to make their run. They know they're going to need to be in the upper half of the Western Conference because I don't think they want to be going on the road and dealing with the likes of the Clippers, the Lakers. You know, it's not not the beatdown that it was for the Warriors a few years ago, but they're going to be good. So overall... I think I'm good with this spot, Andre. I, you know, I, I I would hope that he would fall a tiny bit farther after a rough year. But I do think that there's enough publicity around the Warriors that he's not going to be tumbling much beyond this spot. And I think you can make an argument to take him here in eight or nine category leagues if he really is back to being the old Draymond. And I don't know that he ever gets all the way back to that mark, but he will be better with a focus 
with no KD, of course. I mean, you know, I know there was no KD this year, but he wasn't, he didn't give a crap. But he does have that ability to blend uh, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, which is a great grouping of stats to get, especially if you can get it now in the fifth or if you're really lucky, maybe as late as the sixth round. Interesting. This is an interesting one. Zion went at 54, and I'm not rolling the dice on him. I know he could come out and he could just have the, the monster year to end all monster years, and he was number 93 in eight-category leagues, which is a lot better than nine-cap because of those 2.7 turnovers. But I'm, I'm genuinely concerned that his free throw percent is going to obliterate your team, and that kind of hard-caps someone who didn't show the defensive numbers last year. Now, those could really leap because athletically he should be getting them, and so you kind of have to project that he will, at some point in his career, put up at least decent defensive stats for fantasy. But I'm not a believer yet. I'm not a believer. I need to see his body hold up over an entire season, especially if it's going to be a sprint like this coming year might be. Uh, so I'm kind of out on Zion. Although it's interesting to see him now going in the 50s after going in the top 20 last year. Uh, so there, you know, there might be a little bit of value there. I'm just not willing to take the risk. Clay Thompson at 55. Um, I mean, I th- he's going to get games off. There's no question about it. I, you know, I love him at 55 in nine category leagues because even if he misses 10 games, he's still going to blow past 55. Uh, but in eight category leagues, you know, he's not a guy who turns the ball over very much. I think I'd, I think I'd veer another way and just go with someone who is at least has a chance to play in, you know, close to 72 games. And I I don't, I mean, I know that Clay is now, uh, it'll be a year and a half removed from the injury, but it's a big deal. They're not going to push him too hard, especially in a condensed regular season, if that's what this comes to. I think you have to expect he will miss at least 8 to 10 games this coming year and grade it out accordingly. Getting him in the fifth round, of course, covers some of that. Um, but in eight category leagues, you know, he's not that far ahead of this on a per game basis. Kemba Walker went at 56. I'm fine with taking a shot on Kemba there. You know, he had a down year, but he was still number 43. If he can come back healthy and he's a guy that, you know, would probably enjoy the extra four weeks off and start in January. I would expect him in a 72 game season to play closer to 60 games. So take that into account. I'm okay with him here. But he makes me pretty damn nervous this coming season, even in the 50s. DeMar DeRozan at 57. I have no problem with this one at all. Even if he gets traded, he's going to have a role somewhere. The Bucks would probably be among the worst places he could end up. But, you know, we're talking about a guy who has been extraordinarily durable. He was number 41 in eight category leagues last year. And even if he does get traded, it's probably not going to be until the, you know, the midway portion of the season so yeah, there's a possibility that his numbers take a hit partway through, but the durability alone blended with his numbers this last year. I mean, he was a top 25 eight-cat guy this year. So he's a steal at this point in a draft, and I have no problem with it, even with the potential move looming over him. Uh, Miles Turner was pick number 68. Am I getting that right? Yeah, 68 in this draft, which is, you know, it's fine. He 58. Did I say 68? 58. He is who he is at this point. He's number 65 in eight category leagues last year, and he'll probably be right around there again. Demonis Sabonis at 59, 
How the hell did he get forgotten? He was the forgotten man in this draft. That's an extraordinary pick at 59. He's going he's gonna to annihilate that. It was plantar fasciitis. He missed the bubble. He'll be fine by a December or January start time. He's going to have a massive role on this team. Uh, should be relatively easy for him to replicate what he did last year, which was number 42 in eight category leagues and better than that by totals. Yeah, this is one of the best picks of the draft. No idea how he fell this far. None. Malcolm Brogdon was picked number 60, fell off a cliff in the second half of last year. Uh, I'm not grabbing him there because, you know, I know the Pacers are thinking about moving Oladipo. I, I, I would implore them to try to make it work. They're good enough to compete in the Eastern Conference when healthy. Probably not a top two team, but again, we've seen, you just never know. I mean, they gave Miami a good push in every game of that series. Miami ultimately won them all. But if Indy had Sabonis and a fully healthy Oladipo, they, I think they could have won that series. Who knows? Do they end up going to the finals? Probably not. They probably lose to the Celtics, but whatever. Keep, keep the band together. Brogdon loses a lot of his usage to Oladipo and Sabonis when fully healthy, and I'm not touching him at 60. Can't do it. Maybe his field goal percent comes bounding back into shape, but the, the usage dip is going to be significant. Pick number 61 was my old buddy Jonas Valanciunas. I do love me some JV. He's a low turnover guy, which always in an eight-category league makes him a tough guy to draft, but he was 53. He actually beat that mark in eight-cat last year, despite the low turnovers. Um, just, a, just a wonderful season, 15-11, and 11. Over a block, 59% from the field. His free throw percent could actually be even a little bit better. Um, he, he could be better this coming year. And Memphis is going to need him on the floor. They need some of that veteran leadership. They need that toughness and rebounding because they don't have it when he's not on the floor. Those other guys don't rebound. So he's going to play. And uh, I, I want all the JV almost regardless of format. He's, he's just such an easy grab. Pick 62 is Kevin Love. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know what the hell to make of Kevin Love this coming year. He's number 49 in 8-cat, and he played in actually 56 of the Cavaliers games. When he was out there, it did look like he was mostly putting his ass into this season, for the most part. Um, I mean, there were days where he was getting super frustrated, and having Andre Drummond around, if they bring him back, impacts Love's uh, ability to rebound. But, you know, he was 49 per game. He played in about league average number of games, so getting him at 62 feels like a pretty reasonable gamble. You're in a part of a draft where you can take a little chance. If Love hits or gets traded or, crap, what if the Cavaliers actually start the season fast? I don't, I don't know that I see this coming to me. They still seem like a really bad team. But what if they start the season fast and convince themselves they can make a play on that eight seed? Then suddenly he's trying to play in, you know, 64, 65 of their 72 games, and he blows his ADP out of the water. There is upside here, there is downside here, but you're at a spot where you can probably afford to take a little bit of a chance, provided you haven't really done so earlier in the draft. Pick 63 was Brooke Lopez. I'm not on board with this one in eight category leagues. He was 72 in eight cat last year, only one turnover. Um, yes, he played in 61 games. I'm I'm a little bit concerned that maybe his role continues to um ebb. Is that right? Or flow? <laughs> I think his role ebbs slightly. 
I mean, he's a perfect fit in Milwaukee. And in nine-category leagues, I'll take all the Brook Lopez's. Eight-category leagues, he just his numbers fall off a cliff because only one turnover is his second-best statistical category behind shot blocking. So you wipe out one of his positives, and it's it's a big net negative for him. Um, if he's durable, he could beat this number. If he's not, he doesn't. And so I, I don't think that I would do that here in an eight-category format, at least not while some of these names are still on the board. Namely, the next guy on the list is someone I would have taken before him, and that's Ricky Rubio, who uh, drafted here at 64, was 47 in eight-category leagues last year. And I, fe- I think Phoenix is really going to want to win this year. And for Rubio, his role doesn't change. He's an orchestrator. He helps Booker make better decisions, get the ball in better spots, not have to initiate. And Rubio ended up with 13, four and a half, nine assists, one and a half steals, you know, get him out of that weird Utah point guard spot. And he became a really interesting fantasy player again, who was better in eight cat than nine. 47 per game. The fact that he fell this far was great. I would have taken him if he got back to me, no question. Michael Porter Jr. went at 65. I'm... Honestly, I don't really know. I mean, you know, he'll probably be better in 9-cat than 8. How much leash is Denver going to give him? I think the answer is a decent amount. You know, he got exposed a bit defensively in the playoffs, but in the regular season, it's a little bit less of a, you know, value killer. Although Michael Malone is not just going to leave him out there to get toasted every game. But he'll, he'll see enough playing time. Paul Millsap's departure... And if they don't bring back Jeremy Grant, then it's full-on Michael Porter time. And so, you know, the question marks of who's actually going to be in Denver next year does make this pick harder to fully analyze. But this is probably as far as he falls in most fantasy drafts. He is going to be one of the buzziest buzzes that ever buzzed. And if you want him, you got to go get him. LaMarcus Aldridge went at 66, which, you know, I get it. He's extraordinarily boring. But he was still number 40 in 8-cat last year. 19, 7.5, good field goal, free throw, blocks and steals were nice for him. He'll, he'll take a tiny step back as he continues to get older and potentially gets moved to a place where he's not the number one or number two option on a team. So there's some risk there. But, I mean, that's mostly mitigated by the fact that he got drafted at 66. He could close his eyes and play basketball uh, facing the wrong direction and hit this mark. John Wall was picked number 67, and that's pretty reasonable. Take a shot on him, especially in eight-category leagues. He could have, he could have crushed 67 in eight-cat. Nine-cat, uh, I mean, he could end up with three-and-a-half turnovers a game this coming year, but I'm I'm good with this one. Definitely would have taken him there. Larry Markkinen at 68. This one actually surprised me a little bit. Uh, probably the first guy on Matt Smith's team that I haven't been like, hell yeah! But Chicago, a brand new regime. I think maybe if this were 9-cat, I might be a bit more into it, because I don't think Markkinen's going to have a bunch of turnovers, but I do think he's going to have a pretty good bounce back year. He strikes me as a potential post-type kind of guy this season, and I bet in a non-industry draft, he falls even a little bit farther, and then I'd I'd take a long, hard look at him, because I'm going to be eyeballing a lot of Chicago Bulls this year, now that they actually have, you know, not Jim Boylan. And, uh, yeah, just a little early on marketing for me, I think. Where the hell is Zach Levine? Did he get drafted earlier and I just missed it? Yeah, he was at the end of the second round. 
was wondering about that one. Losing my mind over here. Uh, Tobias Harris, who was definitely the guy I was going to take in this round if he was still there once uh, Ricky Rubio was off the board. Tobias Harris went to our buddy Adam King's team. This was at pick number 69. And, yeah, I mean, this is this is a no-brainer. I know he was 61 in eight-category leagues this year, so it's not that big of a, of a difference there. But Philly's brought in coaches and front office people that are going to maximize his talents. His durability is through the roof. And even though he was 61 on a per-game basis, he's about two rounds better than that because he played in all 65 games for Philly this last season. That one's, again, an easy one. Close your eyes, take him, and just enjoy. Gordon Hayward... Pick number 70 It's probably where I would have stopped if I didn't have the very next pick. Shouldn't I go one farther? Nah, we'll stop at Gordon Hayward. Uh, Hayward was number 51 in eight category leagues this year before getting injured. Um, I don't know that he could possibly play any better than he did this season. So that's the only thing that gives me a tiny bit of pause. But again, this is pick 70. That's way down from where he was. That's two rounds of value um, pretty safe play here, even if he's kind of capped out on how good he could possibly be this coming year. Still a very, very safe play. Hey guys, I haven't reminded you to, uh, any of you in a little bit. Make sure to check out expressvpn.com slash hoopball. This is uh, really useful, actually. I use it when I'm uh, on my bookie. I use it when I'm streaming video. I use it pretty much when I'm doing anything where I don't need Big Brother looking at me. ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall. If you go to our special link, you get an extra three months on your one-year membership. So you get the one-year membership, you get 15 instead of 12 months by going... And again, it's not entering a promo code. It's a special link. You go to ExpressVPN.com forward slash HoopBall. All one word. And that's how you unlock the extra... I guess it would be a 25% bonus on your ExpressVPN account. Please do check it out. It's really useful. I don't know if you guys do any torrenting, but if you're doing anything like that, you need to be using a VPN to protect your privacy. And again, it helps with streaming services. You can actually unlock different stuff by uh, blocking them from seeing exactly where you are. I don't want people to know what the hell I'm doing, where I am. It's messed up how, how much access places have to us right now so go, go check that out it's really cool even if you don't get it i'd love for you to get one but go check it out you you really might have your interest peaked just by heading to the website expressvpn.com slash hoopball and of course get a lawnmower over at manscape.com promo code over there is hoopball 20 we're gonna go ahead and put a pin in this one a little over the 30 minute mark so i went a tiny bit longer than expected but that's okay we will pick up from pick number 71 on tomorrow's episode and, um, yeah, I mean, who the hell knows how we're all going to feel in the morning. <laughs> Should be an interesting day. Good luck. Try not to lose your minds. It's a Tuesday. we got a number of days left in the week and year. Please do stay safe, everybody. I will say that again. Please do stay safe, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Hit me up with questions. I'll say it again before we sign off. Let's make Twitter uh, a, a basketball-friendly environment today. Take our brains off of everything, and, and let's talk about our teams. Because who knows? We might have NBA in like seven and a half weeks. I'm Dan Baspers. So long.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.